Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. It's time for another Paralegal Inspiration episode. So in some of the past episodes, I've talked to paralegals who have great careers and they're so happy in their paralegal profession, but they didn't start their career with a paralegal certificate. In this month's inspiration episode, I'm talking to Amy Elder. She did start with a bachelor's degree in legal studies and did an internship in college at a firm and then later got a job as a file opener slash kind of legal assistant position at another firm where she then was promoted to a paralegal position. So Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about the interview for your paralegal position. Was it actually a, advertised as a paralegal position? How did you even get the interview? Because I hear so many paralegal graduates who submit their resume and they never get a call back. So I actually moved down to Georgia without a job and I saw that this firm was hiring for a file opener. I just wanted to kind of get my foot in the door to see what I could do with them, um, where I would go. And so I got the interview and I was very honest with them that I did plan on going to law school actually, but I wanted to get in and be a paralegal to kind of see what the whole legal field was about. And that's really how I got to that position initially. Okay. So you've been there about six, almost seven years now, right? So you started as a file opener and then did some scheduling and medical records. And you've been a paralegal there now for almost six years. It's a mid-sized Atlanta firm doing workers' comp. And so what's the law school plan now? So I have scrapped the law school plan. I really enjoy being a paralegal. I love all of the research I do. Every aspect of my job, I really enjoy it. And I've seen how an attorney's life is and what they do on a day-to-day basis. And what I do on a day-to-day basis is more of what I want in my career now. Yeah. So, you know, I had kind of a similar situation myself. I thought for sure the paralegal position was just a stepping stone and I needed to make some money, set some some Mm -hmm. some money before law school. And then I just loved what I did so much that I didn't want to have to give that up in order to go to law school. Yeah. And mine was very similar to that. And like I just said, I just I love being a paralegal and everything that it entails. And I'm happy that I chose to stay as a paralegal rather than pursue law school. So tell me, let's back up to you get the position and you start there, you're doing file opening and and all of that. How does that so quickly, how long was it? About a year? Yeah, it was about a year, maybe a little over little under. <laughs> I don't remember now. So how did how did you move into a paralegal position so quickly when you, you start with no experience and you're opening files and doing scheduling? 
So I started off with that. And then I kept asking them for more work because I was finishing the basic file opening tasks so quickly that I just kept going through it. And I'm a person that I would much rather be busy than bored. And so they quickly saw that I had potential and wanted to do more hard thinking tasks. And then I told them as well that I really want to be a paralegal. And I kept telling them, I really want to start doing more paralegal work. I really want to do this. And they said, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Currently, we don't have a position for a paralegal open. And it just kept going on and on. I actually ended up getting another job at a different firm. And when I handed in my resignation to them, they realized that I was serious about leaving and they offered me the paralegal position. Now, I will say I do not recommend that to anybody (laughs) because more often than not, the employer will not say, we want to keep you. They'll be like, all right, goodbye. But I had such a close relationship with them and I didn't want to leave. I was leaving because I wanted to further my career. And they saw that. And I'm happy that they came back and were like, we'll make a position for you. And that's kind of how I got to the paralegal position. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to add my two cents in on that because I always tell people as well, like you can't just hand them an offer and hope that they're going to match or counter that offer Mm -hmm. unless you're very willing to leave. But I think in your situation, I would say, yeah, that was a smart thing to do because you wanted a paralegal position. And I know from a management perspective, you can't just create one, right? There's, <laughs> you got to have enough work and stuff. But if I had had someone who I would want as a paralegal, but just didn't have the position open and they were going to be leaving to go to another law firm, I probably would find a way to make it work and just hope that more work would come in. And you never know what's going to happen. You never know. I'm sure that probably you know, within the last six years, you've seen paralegals come and go at the firm. And so you never know when that position's mm. open up. So yeah, I would say you did the right thing. I would actually recommend that to people that if if you know you can handle the paralegal position and you've got it, at least give the current employer, if you enjoy working there, mm-hmm. give them the opportunity to say, we'll make a position for you. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes they will and then other times they won't. Where I've talked to people that did exactly what I did and it didn't work out for them. Thankfully, they did have that backup plan. But that's the one thing I got to say is always have that backup plan because otherwise, if they do come back and they're like, no, we don't, we just can't open that position up for you. I'm sorry that that could be pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. So you're now in year six. So you're no longer considered entry level. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell tell me a little bit about what exactly does a workers comp paralegal do compared to I guess I'm not quite some people might not know the difference between workers comp mm-hmm. personal injury litigation like um, what's mm-hmm. a workers comp paralegal do so I believe it's pretty much uh, very similar to any other type of paralegal but from a day to day we draft discovery for the attorneys. When we're served it, we summarize medical records. We request medical records from providers. We reach out to our clients to ask for more file information or to, say, ask them to commence benefits. Or we reach out to claimants' attorneys to ask them to either send us records that they have um, to, or just different types of trial preparation we'll do. 
gathering exhibits. It's pretty, we do pretty much all that kind of stuff that a normal, I, I believe, run-of-the-mill paralegal would do. Yeah, I would say I agree. I'd almost say that it's the difference, like in litigation, because you're on the defense side of workers' comp, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so it's it would be similar. You know, at one point I was doing securities litigation, and then I moved into antitrust litigation, and then I moved into construction litigation, depending on who the busy partner was and where I was needed. And it's workers' comp would just be another version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would agree. Okay. So before we hit record, what I loved is your enthusiasm for the firm and for your, particularly your direct supervisors, the attorneys Mm -hmm. that you work for. You know, I was scribbling down notes and wrote, really enjoys what she's doing. Her her attorneys are appreciative of her her and taught her so much. And um, tell me a little bit about what does that look like uh, where you feel like they are supportive of you and they appreciate you? How does that? Well, they always tell me that they appreciate me. Uh, really? Oh, they say yeah. they appreciate you? <laughs> yeah, which is crazy to a lot of people because a lot of times attorneys, don't, they don't tell me every day or every time I do my job. But they do tell me from time to time how appreciative they are of me. And then also during the yearly reviews, they'll let me know. And just little ways that I, I know they do appreciate the work that I do. They also have been so supportive ever since I started there because they knew that, like I said, I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to be paralegal, all this other stuff. And they've always pushed me to better myself and to challenge my way of thinking, which to me, that's supportive. Um, I really love when people challenge me and I wouldn't be here or even be in this position if it wasn't for them giving me the tools I needed to succeed. Wow. I love hearing that. And I got to say, people who are listening to this episode are going to be like, wait, where did they say she worked? We want to go there. (laughs) We want to go go to work there. So don't don't back up and hit those 15 second backup reels to get to the beginning of the episode because I didn't (laughs) actually say where she worked. It's just a, quote, mid-sized Atlanta firm where she works and works with I love that. You never know. You might you might end up coming across us uh, some way else. Yeah. So, is there a specific memory or something that maybe happened early on? You know, so you start as this file opener. You get promoted. I imagine you're super happy and excited, mm-hmm. and you want to do your best, right? They've mm-hmm. you turned down this other position. Um, so what happens early on where you think you've been able to be successful? I'm not sure if it would be a memory or anything like that, but one of the attorneys, he's no longer there, but he he's the one that gave me the start in this position who fought for me to stay and be a paralegal and really gave me all of the tools I needed to be successful and whatever it is I wanted to do. But he gave me the confidence and told me to always ask questions. He's the one that told me to continue to research and dig deeper and made me feel comfortable being in the position that I am and to just keep going, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. When you feel, see, that's the thing. It's, um, gosh, I wonder if you'd have any advice for somebody who doesn't have that, because I think that's it, especially when you're starting out and you don't know what you don't know, and you've been given the 
atmosphere or the words, maybe even direct words from the attorneys you're working with that don't ask stupid questions, right? Or I don't have time for you or just all of those things. It does. It beats down your confidence. and It does. Yeah, I can hear that. Now that you say that, I can totally hear that in your voice, the confidence in it. And mm-hmm. you you need to get that from people sometimes. Yeah, especially if you are a quieter type of person or you're not overly confident in what you do, whatever it might be. Because I know when I started out, I was not. I was very shy. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I wasn't going to succeed in it. I didn't know if I was smart enough to. But if you have someone, anyone, it doesn't have to always be a boss either. It could be a coworker. It could be a friend. Just really anyone to help push you to better yourself and to challenge yourself. I think that is the most important thing when you can't always just challenge, when you personally cannot challenge yourself, when someone else kind of helps you do that is critical, I think, in moving forward in a career like this. I really like that. So listeners, go back and listen to that. You can do the 15 second rewind for that one. Because I think it's important because so many new paralegals feel the same exact way as what you said. And I would have never guessed, given your confidence level and just the way you present yourself and and the fact that you've been there six years, because let's face it, if you were if you weren't that good at what you were doing, they would have gotten rid of you by now. But that I think a lot of people might listen to initially to this episode and think, oh, she talks so well and she's so confident and outgoing and all of that. And so to, to go back and say, no, no, I, I didn't start like that, I think is important. Mm-hmm. I agree because a lot I would put money that a lot of people were just like me when I started out and I have done a total 180 from where I started to where I am now. And I'm very happy that I've done that and thankful to all of those that have challenged me or have told me that I can do better and to just keep going. I agree. And I actually, it kind of brought me back to my like remembering and people would never guess this, but you know, 30 years ago, starting in my first paralegal position for at least the first, you know, six months, I was like that. I was shy. I was afraid to ask questions. And now mine was the opposite. I didn't get the here, come ask me any question you want. I'm here for you and I'm going to support you in doing this. It was, I would go with the question and he, he would say, I don't know, Anne, what do the rules say? And I'd walk back to my office and I'd have to go look up the rules. And literally by the third time he did that, I realized like, all right, I got to figure this stuff out myself. So it's either one extreme or the other. But I think, you know, to know that everybody starts out like that, no matter what they sound like now. Yeah, you're always unsure of whatever you start out with uh, if you don't know what you're doing. And I also have had attorneys where they've been like, go look, read, and then come back and ask the question if you still can't find it. Just the main one that really stuck with me was like, continue to ask questions and you get get hit and misses with them. Right. I love that. All right. So do you have a few tips for someone who is currently maybe in that role, like similar to any non-paralegal role, really, but something similar to where you started out and they want to get promoted to a paralegal position and they haven't asked or maybe they don't know of one that's open yet. I like to end the episode with some actionable strategies for people to walk away with. 
Yeah. So I think the best advice that I could give would be one, always be honest with your bosses about your goals and where you want to be. They won't know. They can't read your mind. So always be very, very honest with them about it. And then two would probably be to show them that you are committed to this goal and that you're willing to work your butt off to get there. Work the overtime. Never look or be bored. Uh, always ask for more work. And when more work is given to you, take it with a smile. And then my third piece of advice would probably be to always show your employers that you want to learn more. Uh, never be afraid to ask questions. For the most part, they do like it, especially if it is a critical thinking question or an outside of the box question. Now, for at least my attorneys, they'd rather have you ask the question than you do it wrong and then have to redo everything over. So just always be willing to really work at it because uh, it, it takes a lot of work to be a paralegal. It's not always easy. It does. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I just had an episode a couple of weeks ago that I called fake it till you make it is a bad idea. Yes, I agree. Like that, I think that gets too many new paralegals in trouble where you think I'm going to pretend I know what I'm doing, even though I don't. And I'm just going to fake it till I make it. And I've mm -hmm. seen so many like crash and burn stories from having that instead of asking the uh, questions. I 100% agree. I've seen it as well for some of the paralegals that have come and gone where they don't ask the questions, they do it completely wrong. And then it costs the client a lot of money. <laughs> the attorneys yeah. are not happy about that. And just always ask. It's better to ask questions. And that is my, I've always said that, just always ask questions. Good advice. All right, Amy. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me and sharing your insights and tips. I'm sure that someone's going to be inspired to ask questions and ask for that position. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I, I really hope so. And I hope it could help some paralegals or future paralegals get to where they want to be. Because I know I'm very happy with what I do now. I love hearing stories like that. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys, this is our monthly paralegal inspiration episode. If you've got one, go ahead and reach out to support at paralegal-bootcamp.com. I'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.